Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, both from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. And uh, we're glad you're with us. Some technical problems with our Hattiesburg station at the moment, but uh, uh, folks that would normally hear us there, if you can get word to them, they can, of course, listen online at supertalklaurel.com or on 99.3 or other stations if you're in other parts of the state. Uh, great show today. Mickey D'Angelo is a former Southern Miss quarterback, now an offensive coordinator in high school. He's going to talk to us later about the prospects of there being no high school football season. Kelly Sander will join us a little later. And Drake Dorback, the newest member of the Cleveland Browns, is about to come on the show. But real quickly, I want to remind you about Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this program and important to support local restaurants like Dickey's. They're open seven days a week. You can get their great food through their drive through Also, you can call in and order, and they'll deliver it to you. And they are catering uh, things. If, if you are having an event, you can uh, still rely on Dickey's to do your catering. Dickey's Barbecue Pit, please support our local restaurants uh, through this COVID-19 mess that we're all dealing with. All right, our first guest, a uh, just graduating member of the Southern Miss football team, Drake Dorback, outstanding offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, gets the call this week that he's been offered a free agent contract and going to go work with the Cleveland Browns. And Drake, uh, first of all, thanks for coming back on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right. First question has to be this: For those of us that will never get that phone call, Drake, what was that like? What What did they say to you? What How did the, How did it all go down that you knew uh, the Browns wanted you to uh, come up and join them as a free agent? Um, it was a It was a surreal uh, experience. I talked to I've been talking to them the last couple of weeks. Uh, they called me. I've heard from a couple of their couple members of their staff. Um, and right before the Saturday, or yeah, Saturday when the draft started, I got a call from them and the Jaguars uh, right before it started, and they were just touching base and um, had a couple teams talking to my agent as well. Um, they were touching base just to, you know, let me know that they were still interested um, in having me come play for them and uh, kind of talk through them throughout the the last three or four rounds of the draft and. Um, Luckily, got the call afterwards, uh, after the draft ended, that uh, I was going to be a Cleveland Brown, and you know the whole family's there, and it was just it was, a, it was an awesome experience. It's what everybody works for. Yeah, try to tell us how you were feeling when you got that phone call. What was what was rushing through your mind? Um, a lot of things. There's not there's not really one feeling. Um, I was excited, uh, relieved, nervous. Um, <laughs> Before I got the news, uh, just a whole lot of emotions going through going through my head, and uh, had the whole family there. So um, it was good that they got the experience with me, and I was glad they were all there. And um, yeah, there's not really one emotion, I guess. It's just, right. it's just a, a world, world 
world of emotions. There you go. Luke, uh, the newest member of the Cleveland Browns. Drake, thanks for coming on today. You know, you, you talk about what you feel after. I just remember I was probably after the fourth round, I started getting calls, and I would get a call in the middle or at the end of every round. Detroit was, was on me. What was it like for you sitting there watching this spectacle called the NFL Draft going on on television and then getting phone calls from the same event in Vicksburg, Mississippi? That's pretty surreal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, um, I'd never – I never previously sat down and watched all seven rounds of the draft before, but you know everybody tunes in on night one and you know sees sees what it's what it's looking like and just to see uh, the commissioner and everybody's in their basements or in their closets and you know it was pretty pretty cool um, pretty cool I think they did a really good job of uh, making it happen and bringing a little bit of sports back to 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 the people um, and just getting the phone calls you know it's it's pretty neat. Um, you know, you talk to them over the phone uh, beforehand, and it's just like a regular conversation. But when you sit when you're sitting there watching it on the screen, and you know, seeing how the process works, and every four minutes something new happens, and every five minutes somebody gets picked, and you know, in your head you're like, all right, he's off the block. Uh, I could be next. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat. It, it was for me, and I can only imagine what it was like for you. Quez goes in the sixth round. I thought, uh, you know, the the Philly. I thought Philly got a crazy steal with Quez in, in the sixth round. But man, one of, a, a kid you've been playing football with for a long time, to Michael Harris. You guys were flashes at St. Aloysius. You've been working out together. He goes to Indianapolis. Pretty cool. You're not alone in this venture. Two other teammates are headed to NFL squads too. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You know, I'm happy, happy for Quez, uh, happy for DeMichael. Um, you know, I've been playing ball with DeMichael since we were in uh, seventh or eighth grade. Um, and luckily I had the opportunity to play college ball with him and, you know, see him, see his, see his, uh, seeing his track to the NFL. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, that's one guy that, you know, he comes to work every day. He doesn't, uh, doesn't complain about anything. He's just, He's got a level head on him, um, so I'm super happy for him and his family. No question. So, Drake, what happens now? I know it's a little different than it would normally be, but what sort of direction did the Browns give you in, in light of the COVID-19 situation? Um, well, the call the call Saturday was very brief. Um, you know, it, the coach called me, um, congratulated me on becoming a member of the Browns, um, and then he said, we'll call you back. Um, sometime this week, and I've heard from heard from a couple of their guys uh, the last couple of days. A strength coach, uh, Coach Jackson, called me just about an hour ago, honest, uh, actually, and um, he's just kind of getting me filled in on what the strength and conditioning program is going to look like um, during these times, and uh, getting everybody set up around the set up with what they can do where they're at. Right, so it's not going to be a matter of you going to Cleveland right now, correct? I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, it's going to be virtual training, so to speak. Right, right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I know. At least, um, you know, everything's subject to change. But as of now, I think it's going to be a virtual deal. I think they're sending me a uh, an iPad, and we're going to do like Zoom classroom work and uh, mm-hmm. have some on-field stuff that we might have to video and send in and um, things like that. Now, what about the fact that it's the Cleveland Browns? We were kind of picking before the show, but that's a really historic franchise. Got a lot of tradition, a lot of history. 
going to be pretty cool to be picked by a team like the Browns, I would think. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, you were you were telling me before the show that you know my era doesn't uh, necessarily know the whole history of them, but you know I've looked back and you know they got a great franchise, uh, a lot of history in the franchise, and I'm excited to uh, to get to go in and and play ball for them. Now you're gonna when you get up there. And I just thought about this, Luke. He, he's going to meet one of the great characters and most iconic yeah. Golden Eagles of all time, and Hanford Dixon. He uh, Drake. You he, were. He created the dog pound in uh, Cleveland. Uh, you, I guess you were – he may not have been born, Luke. I don't know. When, <laughs> he, he wasn't. I wasn't even born. But here's the thing. I, Bob, you're reading my mind. Uh, Hanford's a great guy, Drake. Don't believe a word he says. Okay? <laughs> so just giving you that warning ahead yeah. of time. But he kind of runs the ship up there in Cleveland. He's one of the, the all-time oh. greats. I, I don't know if you've seen this, but Coach Jackson's uh, – you're talking about strength and condition. His partner in crime, Sean Hulls, who's the high-performance coach. Yeah. So for seven or eight years, he was the strength and conditioning coach for the Navy SEALs and the Naval Special Warfare Group. So good luck on that one, bro. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm sure he'll be a softy, Luke. Hopefully, he's not writing the first time up. <laughs> you'll find out. You'll find out pretty quick. So um, you know, it's kind of unsure what's what's going on um, from here. But uh, you are a member of an NFL franchise. When, as a little kid, did you set it, you know, in, as a goal in your life that you wanted to possibly play professional football? Um, I wouldn't say it was ever – I wasn't – I was never a kid thinking it. You know, I was blessed with the opportunity to play college football um, in high school. I never never imagined playing college football. I got the opportunity um, to play at Southern Miss. And um, through that, about two or three years ago, I saw, you know, felt that I had the potential to, to, to play at the next level. and um, So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it was a childhood dream, um, but it was a it was a young – I was still young and in college, and I saw an opportunity to do it, and I wasn't ready to hang up the cleats um, uh, after I was done with Southern Miss, so I pursued it. And you made it, and uh, we congratulate you, young man. Uh, we'll you, be we'll, we'll be following uh, following your journey to Cleveland, and uh, hope that we can talk to you again soon. We really appreciate you being on our show today. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Drake Dorback, everybody, the newest member of the Cleveland Browns, former Golden Eagle, of course, offensive lineman uh, that's headed to the big show. All right, when we come back, will there be high school football? We're going to ask a former great Southern Miss quarterback that very question. He may have an answer. So stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg today. I want to thank Drake Dorback for joining us 
in the first segment, and I wish that young man nothing but great luck uh, in his adventure into the National Football League. This segment sponsored by CampusBookmark.net. Store should be opening back relatively soon, but if not today, you can uh, still buy their great inventory at CampusBookmartMart.net. You can pick out your favorite Southern Miss swag. They'll have it delivered right to your front door. Opening soon, back on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. Our thanks to Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our next guest, former quarterback for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, now an offensive coordinator at Gulfport High School, Mickey D'Angelo, makes a return appearance to the Eagle Hour. Mickey, always good to hear from you, and thanks for your time. Appreciate you guys having me. All right, here's the big question. We're going to start right out. Uh, we've debated this back and forth now for a few weeks. Uh, your best guess, are we going to have a high school football season in the fall? And if we do, how will it be different from normal? I'm going to plan on us having it. Uh, best case scenario for us is I see us playing possibly one non-conference game or non-region game and then start a region. I, I don't see it starting on the usual time frame. I think it's going to be a condensed season. At best case scenario, just try to get our region games in and try to make it to the playoffs. As far as the team, I'm not sure yet, but it's, you know, as a coach, you got to prepare to play. Right. Are you are, are you coaches getting any communication from the athletic association, your your administrators, anybody that uh, ultimately will make these decisions? Well, the, the last we've heard and kind of what we're planning on is we're hoping to get the kids back in July after the Fourth of July week. So. You know, we're just trying to do the best we can in the meantime and plan for that. And if we have to adjust, it's just like, you know, any other thing with life is you got to roll with the punches and the fact that, you know, you're going to set a date. And if that changes, you just got to figure out the best way to maximize the new date that's given to you. Right. But but I hear you saying you don't, you don't foresee a normal high school football season that we traditionally see every year. That's that's my guess mm-hmm. as of now. I, I think they're going to take away a couple of region games, a non-region games at the beginning of the season. Uh, but like I said, I mean, the main thing for us is, is region play. Uh, we could win every non-region game, but if we go in the region play and, and lose, that's going to affect us more than anything. So as long as we get our region games in, I still feel like we'll have a good high school football season. Right. Luke? Mickey, has there been any talk uh, on the coast uh, because of, you know, a highly populated area and it's been affected uh, by COVID? It was really uh, the northern part of the state and southern part of the state that uh, really pushed kind of the shelter in place for for the entire state. Has there been any talk about, you know, are we going to be playing in empty stadiums if we even if we push it back? There's been kind of talk on the college level for that. Anything on the high school level? Uh, that's what, I haven't been part of that. I'm more of getting our football fans ready uh, as right. far as the season. It, it, I'd love to have the fans, and I've heard with college and NFL they might not have it. If we don't, we don't. But just like you know, anybody that coaches football or plays, even when you're at practice and nobody's in the stands, if you truly enjoy the sport, you're going to have fun, you're going to be competitive, and the kids are going to enjoy it. So for the kids, mostly, mostly especially the senior players, uh, I hope we have our season the way we should. Right. We were talking to, to Drake uh, Dorbeck last segment. Of course, he can't go to Cleveland even though he just signed a free agent deal. They're doing some Zoom stuff, and it seems like everybody is doing online stuff. Is it my understanding that you really can't do it? You guys really can't do anything with your players right now. And how much of not having a spring affects uh, the fall for you? Especially this year, more than anything, is I've been very fortunate to have quarterbacks the past couple of years. Well, I've been able to work with them. I know who they are. I understand our team, the heartbeat of the team. This year, more than any for Gulfport, is we got a lot of new kids, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And 
we really needed spring training. But at the same time, like I said earlier, you just got to do the best with the situation you got. And I got four or five kids that are going to compete for quarterback, and the summer is going to be really big because, you know, their chance to win a job or do whatever they got to do in the offseason is going to be condensed with our shorter offseason. So the time we do have with them, they have to be very efficient. Hmm. You get a chance to talk much to the kids, Mickey. How are they handling all this? They're surprisingly doing well. We got some kids that, you know, they're going to go out and throw and do the things they want to do. Um, we're, we're meeting with them once a week. Zoom meetings, we're having staff meetings twice a week. So we're trying to keep football in their brain. And, it, and I tell you, more than anything, you can tell how much the kids enjoy getting back, at least talking with the coaches, seeing their teammates, even if it's on Zoom, uh, how much it means to them and to give them a break from what's been happening in the past couple of weeks. Right. Uh, of all the things as a coach and a player you've had to prepare for throughout your career, the, nothing comes close to this, am I right? And, and how unusual it is. It's it definitely like that. The only thing that I can think of that, that I saw when my dad was a coach at Gulfport was when Hurricane Katrina came through. Mm-hmm. And you had they had kids scattered everywhere. You couldn't communicate with them. So to watch him go through that has kind of helped. And, and at the same time, we have the ability with technology to keep up to date with our kids. Right. They could still be learning. They can still be working out. They could still be throwing. Uh, things they're doing at home where in Hurricane Katrina, you know, when you don't talk to your kids for months, it's a whole different deal. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, the whole state obviously affected by this, but early on and uh, and throughout this, uh, the Gulf Coast has been probably as hard hit as any portion of, of Mississippi. Uh, describe for our listeners, if you will, how, how different are things on the, on the Gulf Coast right now, Mickey? Uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed is just when you're out and about going shopping is, Everybody's hesitant when you when you walk by somebody, you know, especially being from the South, just not even South Mississippi, but the South in general. Is everybody so personal? And you want to say hey, you want to shake hands, and just watching people act a little bit different in public has been the biggest thing that I've noticed. You're just so hesitant because you're not sure yet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still feel, and that's why you're talking about back with the stands with high school. Is I think even if we had people in the stands, you could see that set up a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's just you know not quite sure what's going on yet, and I'm hoping we get a little more normalcy here over the summer. Right. Uh, well, that that could, I guess, uh, Luke Johnson. That could be one possibility. Is you you allow some people in the stands, but you distance people. I don't know. There, there's so many uncertainties. Are there not? There really are. And and Mickey, you talked about specifically with with the you know the hopefully after the July fourth holiday to get some kids back. If they push region if they push non region games out, are you thinking they're gonna we'll start the season, you know, September first, it gives y'all a little more time uh for, you know, camp or, or two a days or when there's not two a days anymore, but but preseason practice to allow time to get ready for that. Or do you think we'll be starting the the third week in August? I see a pushback. I, I, I just feel like they're going to give us a chance to get, get ourselves established as far as the football team and understanding that we miss spring, we miss most of the summer. And I still think, you know, we, we want to get with football where we have people in the stands and our sense of a normal football game. And I, don't, I don't see us starting that first game. The stands are empty and kids just out there playing. Um, right. But like I said, we, we're still going to prepare as if we're going to start an office. So when we get the kids back, we're going to hit the ground running almost like it's uh, our ninth grade football coaches. They, they have a hard time in the fact they get the kids there and then they're playing a the game in three weeks. Uh, we might have to simplify right. things. 
because uh, you want the kids playing fast. You don't want them out there thinking because they don't know the offense or know the defense or special yeah. teams. So it might be a little bit more of a simplified game if we start early, uh, but we still have to prepare for it just in case. Yeah. Two minutes left. Uh, can't have you on here without just uh, getting you to comment uh, generally and, and reminisce with you a little bit. Pat Stewart, our, our old equipment manager, he's been posting uh, really season-by-season season recaps, particularly with bowl games, and it's been cool on Facebook to interact with uh, a lot of the guys and relive memories. Your your favorite bowl game experience as a Southern Miss football player? Whew. tell you, there, there's a ton of them because I enjoy – more than anything, more than the games is when we had team meetings and um, we had banquets or, you know, Coach Bauer up there talking because, you know, as you get older, and I'm sure you can attest to this, and you're going to remember the games, there's going to be stuff you're going to talk about, but the stuff that happened off the field is the stuff you remember and the stuff that really affects you the most emotionally. Absolutely, and, and that's what we we were reminiscing and talking about all the things that really nobody knows about. You know, the Houston Bowl. Coach Bauer threw us that huge Christmas banquet. Jeremy Bridges was uh, got embarrassed during that. It was hilarious. Skit nights, all that stuff that goes into what what goes down on Saturday. So many memories, and uh, man, you were right there in the middle of it. And people should know out there, you're a little stiff now. You and I are getting a little old, but you can still hit the <laughs> golf ball three hundred plus yards. I, I have my moments, but. Uh, I still enjoy playing. Uh, you know, I obviously don't hit it like I used to, but I, anytime I can get out, especially, you know, hopefully wind dance is going to be opening here pretty soon. I can get back out and play and give me something because the competitive juices, even though I'm getting closer to 40, they're still flowing. i got to have something to do myself. And since we're not doing football as of now, I, I'm going to go out there and play golf as much as possible. And now, we should point out that Mickey's the one that came up with the old, stiff description of himself. We we didn't do that, did we, Mickey? No, you didn't. I definitely gave you all that. Hey, always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we always appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on the Eagle Hour, my friend. Thanks again for you guys having me. All right, Mickey D'Angelo, everybody, offensive coordinator, Gulfport High School, great quarterback in Southern Miss football history. Kelly Sanders next. That means we're in the third block of the Eagle Hours, so stay with us. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday, appreciate Mickey D'Angelo, the offensive coordinator for Gulfport High School, former teammate of mine on the Southern Miss football team. Appreciate Mickey joining us in that second segment. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, 4th Street Bar and Grill, brings you the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Curbside lunch, 8 
free drink included. Go see our good friends uh, Slade and all his crew over at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and they're a proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob, um, one more word about Mickey D'Angelo. His uh, career at Southern Miss was cut short uh, because of some concussions that he had. And I remember right after the 03 season when we won the conference championship, he was going to play golf because he, he had to hang up the cleats for football, and we were joking about but he really could hit the golf ball a long way. Went out to uh, to, to golf and uh, was soon back with us uh, for the spring football. And I remember him standing in front of the team, and Coach Bauer explained the situation. He couldn't continue his football career, but Coach Bauer kept him on scholarship, and he had missed the camaraderie of the locker room and us as his brothers. That he he didn't play golf, came back to basically be a volunteer assistant, help Dustin and the other quarterbacks help the offense uh, until he finished his degree. A great teammate, Mickey D'Angelo was. No question, and he was really. Uh, it was a lot of excitement about him being the quarterback. I know that uh, concussions uh, knocked him out, but. Uh, Great talent and uh, certainly a, a solid uh, USM guy. You know, uh, Kelly Sander is with us now. You know, Kelly, I, I miss so many things right now because life is so turned upside down. But one of the things that uh, Luke just reminded me of how much I miss is our once-a-month remotes from 4th Street Bar and Grill, where Slade just feeds us like crazy. We enjoy all the memorabilia in the building. Always have a great time at 4th Street, don't we? We do, and I think it's great how the community, and I'm, I'm not surprised that Hattiesburg and Law are, are really getting behind their local restaurateurs. You know, they have what a lot of the different neighborhoods, a lot of the different subdivisions have these what, what are called pop-up nights to where you'll call into, I know they've, they've done it at um, at Dickie's Barbecue, and, and I know Sully's has been, you know, doing some of these where you'll, you'll phone in your order to those places wherever the pop-up whatever the pop-up restaurant is for that particular neighborhood. And then they'll deliver it at 530 and they set up like a drive-through right. to where you go through and pick up what you, what you called in earlier. And so it's a way of eating out. You're just picking up your food and bringing it home. Um, and it's, it's a way that it's certainly not paying the bills like it used to for a lot of these restaurant tours, but it's, it's great that, you know, they're figuring out different ways to bring food to people and that people are responding. I was telling you about the, the shrimp oil that they had at fourth street, on Saturday, they sold it out in like two hours. Mm-hmm. And same thing, they were boiling crawfish over at Sidelines, which is kind of the sister, um, you know, restaurant to Four Street Bar and Grill, and they sold all their crawfish out by one thirty in the afternoon too. So, so really a salute to the community and all these different restaurants to try trying to make it through this. Luke, you were talking about the Mickey D'Angelo hitting the golf ball, but there's a guy that you mentioned in that uh, same context that knocks the fire out of the golf ball too and that was coach bauer himself he he could do it and uh, the the joke was with me and him was i remember one day at punt uh, during punt pro at practice i told him i said hey i've been working on my golf game and he looked at me and he said Knock about ten strokes off, and I'll come out there and play with you. It's okay. But there, there is a joke about Coach Bauer that when he became a head coach, all they, all the Nike coaches, when we were sponsored by Nike, they would have these coaches tournament. the 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 statement was. Uh, Steve Spurrier always won these tournaments, but when Jeff Bauer became a head coach, Spurrier quit playing in these because Coach Bauer schooled them all so well. He was a scratch golfer during my time at Southern Miss. Really? Yeah, he could. Re- and Ray Guy, I think, could even hit it farther than him, which was hard to believe. But 
just shows you how, how all around good athletes football players are. I mean, they break them down by position. You know, you've got the speed to play this position or the lateral movement to play that position. But overall, football players kind of get the raw deal as far as just being athletic. You know, you certainly see I want to get this that. right. You know, yeah, I want to get this right. That, are you including me in that? Are you acknowledging on air right now that punters are athletes? Mm, mm. Kelly? Well, that's the same question. The are golfers athletes? So I guess you'd have to say yes. Because right? it all is about body control. Right and about balance and about quickness and of course, of course, people are Thank always argue because I'm a big I'm a big fan of auto racing, you know. And people go, "Oh, those drivers, those guys aren't those guys aren't athletes." Well, buddy, and I've never done it, but you try to get in one of those cars, you know, when the when the inside temperature is about 130 degrees and and uh, you got 30 other people around you going 100 you know 180 miles an hour and trying to stay focused and your reflexes and you got to be quick and being able to concentrate, all those sorts of things. You bet they're athletes. Sort of like Highway 98 on a Friday evening in normal times, correct? Well, I remember those days, Bob. <laughs> I want to take you back to the restaurant thing, Kelly. Uh, just something I'm curious about. I, I've seen that, you know, pop-up restaurants out where yeah. I live in Bent Creek, but in Cane Break, I'm guessing it's different, right? You guys send the hired help out to pick up the food. You eat with the oh, linens no. and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Surely you jest, Bob. These these restaurants hand deliver this stuff to us before they go to these other neighborhoods. I see. I see. Individually. Yeah, of course. It, it, to each mansion individually. Yeah, it, it, it's in the it's in the it's in the covenants. Yeah, I see. You know, that, that, he he <laughs> has never paid attention to the ninety eight traffic because he actually has a driver, Bob. <laughs> What am I thinking? I don't know. See, I'm just going stir-crazy. I'm forgetting about well, these facts about you, Kelly. You were talking about drivers, Luke. I don't know if you saw the, the news today Not of the University of Kansas. Les Miles and Bill Self, the basketball coach and the football coach, respectively, at the University of Kansas are all, they're, bo- they're taking pay cuts. Really? You know, just like a lot of these other college <clears throat> coaches, you know, because of, because of the uncertainty of the future of uh, – of NCAA sports, and in fact, in fact, um, Les Miles' pay cut was so severe that he had to let go his pastry chef, his helicopter pilot, <laughs> and his limo driver, and, <laughs> I mean, and his grass milkshake uh, chef. Also, yeah, correct. all of them. Yeah. Right. Now, right. now you know you're making too much money when you've got a personal pastry chef. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, hey, here's a draft note, Kelly. Uh, I was. Uh, I was reading an article this morning. You know, the SEC gets a lot of players in the NFL. Sure. It seemed like every other player was from Alabama or LSU. Sure. There was one school in the SEC that had no one drafted, only one school out of the entire league. You care to venture have, a guess? I have two words to say about that. Uh-huh. Hotty toddy. <laughs> <laughs> When's Ole Miss going to draft somebody? Is that what <laughs> Well, I, I, I really I hate it for Ole Miss. Uh, I know that was season that those fans would just as soon uh, forget. But, right, right. You know, I had the opportunity, as you guys know, to be to have the honor to be able to coach uh, John Rice Plumley as a Little League baseball player. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, if he stays healthy and continues to progress, I think he could he could really, really be special. Well, and, uh, with the coach they've got, you, you, you know they're going to improve. You, you know offensively, at least, they're going to get much, much better, right? You would think so. But yeah. again, the uncertainty of, of all this and remember, you know, what's, what really is kind of getting swept under the rug here with all this coronavirus stuff 
is you've got administration changes there at Ole Miss and Mississippi State with mm-hmm. Leach and with Kiffin. Those are two brand-new coaches, so right. they're not going to get a spring training, okay, to implement what they want to what they want to get in. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have probably have, if there is a college football season, it's probably going to be an abbreviated preseason, you know, unless they do something with the schedule. So you've got two teams with these administrative changes. They're going to be way behind, you would think. You hope that's not the case, but just logic would dictate that they're probably going to be, you know, starting much later just because they have so much more work to accomplish well, that's in a, a short period point. of time. That's a good point. Uh, in all seriousness about the draft, though, were you not a little astonished at how many Alabama players get drafted every year? I mean, it's for, it's almost like if you if you get a scholarship there and you go get on the field and you get to play, you're almost guaranteed a shot at the NFL. And that's why guys decide to go there. But, well, but understandable. Those, but those two words that you said, Bob, if, are really, yeah. really big. Yeah. You know, if if you get on the field. Yeah. Okay? And that's and, and if you if you do get on the field, you're pretty darn good because you're probably competing at whatever your position is with another four or five star high school athlete. Correct. But again, the whole key Yeah, at the is, same time though, you don't have to start at Alabama and still go to the NFL. No, you're right. And, and the reason I mean by that is because, like, for instance, the guy, uh, one of the guys was in camp with me and the Lions. I know this was dark ages ago, but he was Vince Young's backup at the University of Texas. Yeah. So he never played. He played mop-up time. Guess where he did? He went to two F- NFL teams. So there, were, there was a statistic that just came out. Uh, how many was it? It was like 24 or 25 of the 32 first-round picks were either four- or five-star athletes. Of our prospects coming out, you know, of high school. So Kelly, you know, I mean, even if you're going to get developed, so if you're a four star or five star and you come into LSU or Alabama or one of these other teams, you're going to get developed and you're going to be third, fourth round worthy if if you're even if you're not a starter. I think. But Luke, real quick before we go to break, those that kid from Texas probably wasn't drafted. He was probably a freak out of free agent deal. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. All Difference right. between being drafted and being a free agent, though, even though that's, they're both great. True. We're going to continue our conversation with Kelly J. Santa right after this. Stay with us. Eagle Hour on the other side of the break. Southern Miss to the top. If you're thinking about getting a new ride, check out our fourth segment sponsor, Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in the Hub City or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Brand new, pre-owned, and certified Toyotas. You can check out on their website their entire inventory toyotahattiesburg.com and we greatly appreciate them bringing you every day the fourth segment of the 
Eagle Hour. We continue with Kelly John Center, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Mississippi. Kelly, uh, some great news. Uh, we had heard about Justin Johnson, the newest signee for Southern Miss basketball, but yesterday, about 445, men's basketball receives the national letter of intent from Justin Johnson, a 6'7 guy that Jay Ladner says can even play point guard. So, uh, Tay Hardy, we expect, uh, will take over that job, Kelly, um, but it's exciting to know that a guy that big can handle the basketball that well. And if I, if the reason it's so important that this first year turned out the way that it did, recruiting class-wise, is because now now it's automatically attention has been brought to this team before they've ever played a game, okay? And it's put Southern Miss on the basketball map again. And now guys that maybe would not have considered the Eagles in the past are now going, hmm, got some pretty good guys going there, you know? And then it gets to a point, and, and I point to Pearl River, what Chris Oney's got going down there at Pearl River, and the only undefeated team this last year. Now he's got all these great players calling him, you know, saying, Coach, um, you know, will you give me a tryout or will you look at me? If Coach Ladner and his staff can you know, pull off a couple of these recruiting classes, then the job becomes much easier. It's never going to be a cakewalk, but it's much easier when the talent starts coming to you rather than you going to it, yeah? Yeah, I think so, and I think having guys specifically, you know, from JUCO being able to plug and play like this, JUCO's not the always always the answer, especially in football. You want to have homegrown talent, but you know, where does Southern Miss come in with? And we've been talking about this proposed rule from the NCAA, where you know you can transfer one time and not have to sit out at all. Having kids uh, and and adapting to a culture and landscape like that is very important, especially with these JUCO kids. And it's important now because the, the culture among athletes nowadays is not like it was back in the old days. And I know listeners are going, oh, boy, here goes old man Sander again. When I was a kid, well, if, if guys, you know, they get recruited and they get to, and if it's not exactly what they thought it was going to be, and sometimes, dare I say, if competition for positions is even a little tougher than they thought it was going to be, well, they just enter the transfer portal, you know? So it's, it's, it, it makes recruiting on the front end even more important that you get the guy that you're looking for. You know, um, back to the NFL draft this past weekend, the Bengals, and I know we joke about the Bengals, but of their seven draft picks, Zach Taylor, who was handling the drafting for Cincinnati, six of their seven draft picks were the captains of their college teams. Hmm. And they did that on purpose because they said, we want guys that know what this is about. We want guys who, you know, are leaders and guys who aren't, aren't afraid to lead and aren't afraid to work. And so they did that by design. So, and, and really, when you look at their grades, uh, most of them are giving them, you know, pretty good grades. So it's, it's important. My, my point is, is the, the character guys are, are really going to be more and more important as time goes on. No question about that, and uh, I, you know, I, I, one of the things I really like about watching the draft is you you get some insight into a lot of these young men, and you know, a lot of these young men they don't get credit, Kelly, for how hard they worked in school, and, and not not all of them are that way, obviously, but boy, there sure were a lot of them that had done very well in school, were high character young men, and uh, you feel good about kids like that when when they get that big break. And, you know, Bob, ESPN was really being criticized by a lot of people uh, across the country because on some of these 
kids highlight reels they would talk about their personal life right. and and t t higgins the wide receiver for clemson that went to cincinnati in the second round one of the things they put on tv was that his mother had been a drug addict for 16 years and people were, were going espn that is classless you know to put something up like that but t higgins at his press conference in cincinnati said quite the contrary he said i'm glad they did that he said i am proud of my mother she's been sober for 12 years Mm-hmm. But she mm-hmm. dealt with that demon for 16 years and overcame it, and he said she is my hero. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there, there's a person that says never quit. That's and, right. Um, so you're right, Bob. They, they don't know these stories lots of times, the things that they've had to overcome. And I'm guessing T. Higgins' mama is fixing to get a nice house, Kelly. And he said that. <laughs> he, he said that. He said as much as she's done for me. Sure. You know. Sure. Uh, it's fun. It's payback time, so good well, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I, th- I think there are a lot more high-class young men in the National Football League than the media would let you to believe. They focus on the ones that have trouble and very say very little about the ones that conduct themselves with dignity and a lot of class. Agreed. And, and you guys, before we go today, and something we're going to be watching is the NCAA is, is contemplating changes for college basketball this next season, uh, putting more focus on conference play, and less focus on some of these scrub games played in November and December. More details on that coming in future editions of the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Gang will be back. Hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.